Hi, this is Eden Westbrook from Sweet Tea and Time, and you are listening to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. Hey everyone, real quick, I want to take a moment just to tell you a little bit about Clarity, a powerful tool that allows you to organize, optimize, and update your blog content for maximum growth. Using Clarity, you can create projects to help you optimize and refresh old content on your site. Say you want to go into your old posts and add some internal links to keep readers on your site. You can figure out which of your posts don't already have internal links, assign those posts to a campaign so you know which posts need to be updated. Then you can track your work as you update those posts all within the Clarity app. Clarity users have direct insights that will help them identify which posts to update, figure out what they should be updating and adding to those posts, and understand the impact their updates have with a direct integration into their Google Analytics accounts. If you're interested in learning more and potentially becoming an early adopter of Clarity, you can go to Clarity, that's spelled with an I, so C-L-A-R-I-T-I dot com forward slash eat blog talk to sign up for the waiting list and take advantage of their $25 a month forever plan. Go to clarity.com forward slash eat blog talk, or you can check out the resources page on eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources. Hello, food bloggers. Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and confidence that will move the needle forward in your business. This episode is sponsored by Rank IQ. I am your host, Megan Porta. Today, Eden Westbrook and I are going to have a super fun conversation about building your perfect audience. Eden is a wife, mom, and entrepreneur creator of the food blog Sweet Tea and Time in 2016. She has built it from an idea to a six-figure business. Eden's blog focuses on multicultural, family-friendly dishes and date night ideas for the millennial family. You'll also find her teaching other food bloggers how to build profitable and successful food blogs through her mastermind course, The Food Blogging Mastermind. Eden, I am so grateful you're here. I'm so glad I got to meet you in person a few days ago, so it makes it even more fun to chat with you today, and we're so thrilled to hear from you. But first, we all want to hear what your fun fact is. Oh, my fun fact is that I am the self-proclaimed mac and cheese queen of the food blogging world. Whenever there's a crazy mac and cheese viral video, people automatically send it to me to get my reaction. Ah, okay. So what is your favorite version of mac and cheese? It's Southern baked mac and cheese, of course. Oh, of course. Oh, gosh. Why did I even ask? (laughs) Well, I was telling you before we recorded that I, too, am a self-proclaimed mac and cheese fanatic. So sometime outside of this conversation, we need to compare notes because I... I feel like mac and cheese is like a blank canvas for creating so many delicious options. It's kind of like grilled cheese. I love mac and cheese. So, oh, I feel you on that. (laughs) Well, I'm excited to chat with you today about building your perfect audience because you have done this and you have, once you kind of honed into the necessary ingredients in blogging and really dug into your business, you found that you thrived through building your perfect audience. So I would love it if you started, Eden, by just telling us how you started your blog and how you learned to grow it by serving your perfect audience. Okay, so I started, really, it was on and off from 2012. And, you know, it was an idea of, oh, I would love to go ahead and share my recipes online, especially because 
Um, I married really young. I married at age 18 to my high school sweetheart, oh, wow. who is still with me today. <laughs> and, um, and you guys met him, obviously. <laughs> He's amazing. I loved him. <laughs> That's what I tell him. He is amazing. Um, he is. But yeah, so I married young. We joined the military young. And I was away from my friend's um, I grew up with and they were like can you send me the recipe for your great uh, roasted chicken can you send me a recipe for this can you send me a recipe for that and I'm like okay I will just put it out here (laughs) for you guys to go to because I I cannot right now (laughs) you know so um that's really how that whole kind of blogging situation started but then I was like, I really love this blogging thing. So at first I started like a lifestyle kind of blog that transitioned just to um, recipes and whatnot um, when I was like, okay, I really want to do this. But then I started seeing income reports, especially from Pinch of Yum and Bjork and Lindsay. And I was just like, okay, so this is real. This I can make a legit business. I could really do something with this. And by that time... I had just finished culinary school and basically I was like, I'm not commercial kitchens. They're not for me. They're really not for me. Anybody who's ever worked in, in, uh, in the back of a house, back of the house, you know, nobody wants to work there. Honestly, like you love cooking, but being in the weeds every weekend is not, that is not the place for me. (laughs) So, um, I was like, well, what can I do with this culinary stuff? You know, I really want to turn this into something I can use besides working in kitchens. Turns out I wanted to work in my own kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So basically, I created a very thick dossier. I am a a fan of of dossiers. In my mastermind, I tell people how to brand stock using a five-point dossier, which is a lot of fun. Um, but basically I created like this thick kind of a binder of this is why I want to be a food blogger, honey. So let's use our grocery money and the money that we don't have to. Oh my gosh. That's funny. Create a food blog Cause I promise it's going to work. <laughs> I love that you came with a dossier. I think I don't know any other food blogger who, who has done that, but you came well prepared. Oh yeah. I, I am a person who is not impulsive. I am the person who I need to research everything before I ever invest into it. Um, so with this, I was like, it's something that I love. People are already asking me for recipes. You know, um, it's something I can do with my culinary training and it makes money. And we were broke as a joke. We were two kids at this time. We were what, 21, 22, around there. And basically um, broke as a joke just out of the military, <laughs> you know, and trying to transition into civilian life, which is totally different. The military takes good care of you when you're active duty. They, you know, pay for your housing. They pay for your electric bill. You know, you don't really have like a ton of, it's almost like, it's like you're in a family, right? So then all of a sudden you're out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) Kicked out. (laughs) And it's hard to transition. So we were trying to be civilians, broke. We had a toddler and I was like, I have to make this work because I don't want to do anything else. I don't want to work. I I worked a retail job and I worked um, while I was in culinary school. I worked a retail job and I worked um, at a restaurant 
Um, and it was just like, I don't ever want to go back to that. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's basically, you know, nose to the grindstone may have been poor as all. I don't even know what, but let me tell you every single grain of information and wisdom I could glean from, you know, the, the big guys I yeah. took and ran with it. So what was step one for you? So you were like, you were in a spot where you were like, this has to work. And I think a lot of this, a lot of us can relate to that. I was in the same spot, kind of. I mean, I had gotten fired from my job and I wasn't going back to work. So I was in the same like, this has to work. There's no other option. So what was step one for you? What did you do as like your first step into this new venture? Um, well, for years, really, I was just kind of bumbling around, <laughs> you know, just uh, this was during the time where we really didn't know much about SEO. And we thought, you know, uh, social media was the way to go and trying to deal with that. And it was it was really just bumbling around. We were all just kind of floating in this atmosphere of confusion. Um, I feel like the first real thing that I did was completely change my mindset on how, and I know mindset is a big thing that everybody's talking about right now, but oh goodness, I got out of the mindset of victimization because I was like, we did everything we were supposed to do. Why are we here? You know, I was homeless in 2016 with my husband and our son because our landlord literally foreclosed on his house. We were like, how did we end up here? We did everything everyone told us we were supposed to do. And yet here we are. You know, and I'm like, why is this happening to me? And then and then I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to allow this. I'm, I'm going to turn this, this frustration, this anger, this hunger, and I'm going to use it to fuel me making this work. And that especially became a big thing once my husband, he, he, um, was slowly getting ill. Um, but I believe it was early 2019, maybe even late 2018 that he became hospitalized for months. And he was really our breadwinner. I was taking care of our son at home because we really couldn't afford daycare. Daycare is so expensive, especially in South Florida. Um, so he became ill and literally, as he's hospitalized, tubes in his arms, tests every day, his jobs are calling his phone, blowing up his phone, telling him he needs to come back to work. How dare he? He needs to think about the other people because they're short staffed or they don't have enough people and they need him. And it was like my husband is literally so ill with a disease that we didn't even know at the time what it was. And so we were like, we don't even know what's happening. They're running tests to figure it out. He is literally, he was having internal bleeding. Oh at my that, goodness. At that. So we were scared. We had no idea what was happening. And thank God that he had, he was on veteran. He has VA benefits. So veteran benefits. And um, that took care of the, uh, <laughs> the medical bills. Thank the Lord. Cause I can't even imagine they were saying, we're going to fire him because, you know, he's not coming to work and he needs to come into work. And we we're just like, he's literally hospitalized, sick as a dog, bleeding. And we have no idea what's going on. And all you can think about is your bottom oh line. And I was, you guys. <laughs> I was, I, like I said, I was angry. I was frustrated. I was upset. And I was like, this, this has to work. I got to figure this out. And um, 
at that time, I realized I was getting a lot of um, cookbook offers, basically, but they were pigeonholing me. They were like, can you do books on soul food? Can you do a book about uh, about African-American cuisine? And I was just like, I cook way much more than that. And if you would actually look at my blog, you would know that. Because I grew up in, in multicultural, big, you know, melting pot communities. And so I was like, I need to go ahead. And I see that they're pigeonholing me as a niche. Who am I talking to? Why do they see me as that? And I think that after changing my mindset from being a victim to I'm going to do whatever comes possible, next was I need to figure out who I'm talking to and not what I'm talking about. Ooh, that is, that's good right there. So when you started answering that question, what came to you? The first thing really was, what do I love? What do I love to create? And with that, you know, with my passions, who is a person who would relate to that? What do they like? You know, who are they? Where do they live? Um, and in my mastermind, we really dive deep into that. And it's amazing how like, there's a total like identity shift when it comes to the, um, my students' blogs. Wa- like watching them, it's like a switch turns on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that whole thing of who is this person that relates to the content I'm creating. Um, when I was on panel with Susie and Todd from Hey Grill Hell, and of course, uh, Bjork from Food Blogger Pro, um, Susie had said, it is about the value that we are bringing to our reader. But the thing is, is like, and I, I tell this to um, my students, is like, I think of food blogging like a mall. We're, we're in a big mall, right? And there's so many stores. There's so many different stores. So we are specifically reaching out to that one person that's walking in the mall that says, oh, I really like that. Let me go and check that out. Right? So what when they walk into our store, what are they going to pick up and say, I really like this. I really enjoy this. This is great quality. I'm going to come back. I'm going to talk to my friends about this. They need to come and see this. Oh, that is really good. (laughs) Yeah. Figuring out who that person was, it, everything just clicked after that. So thinking about it, like there are many stores in this mall and we're all similar. So what about your store makes people want to walk in? And once they do, what is it that they like? What makes them stay there? What makes them feel welcome? And what makes them relate to you? I absolutely love that comparison. Oh, I have a, a comment from a reader. She said that there are so many different blogs out there, but your voice and your warmth really spoke to me. And even though we are similar, there are so many different well, niches, um, that are all speaking to a different person. So I may be speaking to, you know, the mommy who is staying at home millennial. She has a thriving family. She really loves like kitchen drudgery and gardening and baking and living life a little slower, but that may be different from someone who is, um, looking for fast weeknight meals or someone who is a vegan or, um, somebody who is working strict 
strictly out of like gardening stuff and may want to learn how to preserve or can or what they can do during the winter months when they don't have their garden around. Um, so even though so many of us are similar, we're all very different. And it's about knowing who we're speaking to and then reaching out and saying, hey, I offer this thing that you want. And they say, yes, I love it. I'm going to be here and I'm going to spread it all over the world. I'm going to share the news. So how do you recommend that we get to know those people who walk into our store and love it? Do you reach out to them? Do you let them offer? um, Do you let them contribute their thoughts? How do you go about that? So the first thing I always say is do not go on Instagram and ask people what they want. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the reason for that is because I know I know several people who say, you know, go on your Instagram, go on your social media and ask the people because you can, you know, you can reach a lot of people that way. Of course you can. But are they really the people who are here for you? That's the question. So. With that, I had once, like a few years ago, had reached out onto Instagram and said, hey, what do you want to see from my blog? I got vegan. I want to see more vegan stuff. Can you share um, more springtime salads? Can you um, share recipes that uh, that don't have any animal products or butter or, or something, a lot of healthy stuff? And I was like, you have no idea who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Um, literally, I think in one of my bios, I have lover of good butter. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, yeah, (laughs) you guys don't know who I am. So I was just like, okay, well, how do we go ahead and reach out to the people I really actually want to talk to? The first thing is, is if you are someone with a newsletter to ask them what they want. That is a big thing because these people are actually subscribed to you, not just to your Instagram account, because we don't control Instagram. We don't control who gets to see our Instagram. Um, Because think about it. Sure, there are people who follow you on Instagram, but how many people who don't follow you end up finding your stuff? A good amount. A good amount. A good percentage. So when you're asking, hey, guys, what do you want to see? It could literally be someone who doesn't know you just saying, hey, this is what I want to see. It's like, that's nice, but that's not who I am. And that's not what I love. And that's not my passion. And that's not who I'm talking to. So um, I say this in, in, um, in my mastermind, and it kind of ruffles feathers a little bit and people get a little uncomfortable. But here is a time to be exclusive. Think exclusivity. And I'm not meaning it in a bad way, but if you're so worried, if I was worried about those people who are saying, hey, I want to see more vegan stuff. Hey, I want to see more salads. Hey, I want to see less comfort food and more of what I want. And that is not what I do. If I was so focused on them, I would lose a ton of my readers who came to me to focus on the things that I am passionate about. And they are my ideal reader. So if you reach out through your email newsletter I know a lot of people try this through surveys or just asking questions, call to actions in their emails. What if you get just a collection of different things and you don't really know how to sort through it? Where do you go from there? I say go with your passion and also go with, I call it, uh, in Japanese, it's called the ikigai. The things are, hold on, let me make sure I'm correct. So basically, ikigai is things that you're really great at 
um, things that you love, things that you can get paid for, and things that the world needs. Oh, that's good. All of those together are ikigai, which is your purpose, right? So mostly your newsletter, usually when you ask them what they want, you may find a common theme. Um, One of my students had noticed that when she had asked her newsletter, okay, well, what do you guys want to see? They said they want to see more beverages, more cocktails, because she's really great at them and she loves doing them. And so she changed her blog from being a general food blog to focusing solely on beverages and different types, too, not just cocktails. But we had actually discussed, you know, where she wants to venture hitting what what we call the four corners of her market to to ensure that she reaches all of the people that she wants to reach out to doing the things that she loves and will also give her high RPMs and get her paid. (laughs) In other words, her ikigai. That's awesome. And I love that there's one term, by the way, to describe all of that. (laughs) I wish we had that in English. Right? I guess it would just be your purpose. Right. Purpose. Yeah, we can go with that. You mentioned talking to like a single person, like one person. Can you talk through that and why you think that is the key to success? You're one person. And it's so funny because when you think of one person, you're probably like, oh, that seems so small. That seems like a pigeonhole. That It, it really isn't. That one person, there's millions of that one person out there. And they may not be that exact person, but they are generally that person. So my person I've created... Um, her name is Chloe Brown Mueller, which is a kind of a joke um, based off of a character on um, American Housewife, I believe is the show. Um, but basically, she's like a millennial stay at home mom. She could be like a mommy blogger and her family is very like vibrant, thriving. She's always looking forward to living life slowly, gardening, drudgery, you know, kitchen drudgery, um, home cooking, things like that. And so now that I I figured out this person in my head, I was like, okay, well, what does she want? So, and obviously she wants, let's say, uh, cinnamon rolls. She doesn't want to learn how to make cinnamon rolls out of the pop container. She wants to learn how to make it from scratch. And so um, that is something I love. I love kitchen treasury. Let me tell you, the, the Huga movement, of the 2010s where you would be, you know, deeply involved in, in, um, work that is cozy and comforting. Um, yeah. Remember that? I, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yep. Okay, good. Good. I'm, I'm making sure yeah. <laughs> that that is a big thing in my life. And I know that obviously it was a big thing in many people's lives and, And during the pandemic, it was such a huge thing for us to do. It was like, basically, we're stuck in the house all day. A lot of people ended up baking more and cooking for themselves more and have learned to love it. Um, So when you are trying to find your one person, it is more so of a focus of, okay, I know what my passions are. I know what I'm good at. It's looking at your purpose, your ikigai, and being able to flesh out this person literally 
from the ground up, you're fleshing out a human being. And it's literally what type of house do they live in? How many kids do they have if they have any? You know, are they married? Um, because all of those things influence your, co- your cooking and who you're talking to and what you're giving out to them. I mean, if I am making food that, if, you know, serves eight <laughs> you know, servings, but it is a person I'm talking to who is only literally just them or them and a spouse. I'm not serving them. I'm, that is completely different wheelhouse, you know? So understanding who that person is based off of the things in your purpose, in your ikigai, it, it, it goes together so well. It's like learning your ikigai, going into your your ideal person, your ideal audience, and then niching. Those are like my first three steps towards creating kind of a successful blog. And of course, mindset. But I feel like mindset isn't even that's that's something we constantly work on. You know, let's take a really quick break to talk about a service I'm really excited to share with you. As a food blogger, you've got so much on your plate. You are busy developing recipes, taking photos, writing posts, managing social media, and all of the other things. You work hard to help your readers live a more delicious life. Even though you enjoy working in your business, I think we all do it because we love it, your to-do list is probably a mile long. You know what I'm talking about. And maybe there are certain things you'd rather not deal with, such as writing. If writing is not your cup of tea, you do not have to go it alone. Heather Eberly is a content writer for food brands. She uses copywriting and marketing techniques to grow your business so you can focus on doing the things you love. If you want to gain Google traction, stand out from the crowd, and take your income to the next level, Heather can help you. Go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources to get more information about Heather's services. Again, go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources and click on Heather's link. And now let's get back to the episode. To get to your person, your avatar, whatever you want to call that one soul, do you recommend just sitting down and writing it out, just writing out all those details? And how long does this typically take somebody? Okay, so in the Food Blogging Mastermind, I actually do one-on-ones where we sit down and we create this person. And um, it usually takes about three hours to do um, because I feel like being able to discuss it with somebody who can help you think outside of your comfort zone really helps you understand who exactly you're talking to and asking the questions that you may not even think about asking for yourself. Um, So when a person, when a blogger wants to sit down and think, okay, who am I talking to? What are we, what are we focusing on? The biggest part is knowing of course your purpose and saying who relates to this. Who is the person that I'm thinking of? What do they look like? What things, you know, affect them on the daily basis or not even on a daily basis, just in life in general? Um, you know, do they have a big budget or do they are they have a tight budget? How old are they? You know, like thinking about all of these questions that really affect a person because it does affect the way that we eat. It affects our food. 
If I have a huge budget and I live in a large house and I have the ability to have a grill and smoker in my backyard versus um, I'm a college kid and I live in a dorm room so I can only use appliance cooking or I just graduated college and I live with roommates and therefore, you know, I probably live in an apartment. I can't have a grill and a smoker and I probably have like a really crappy, um, you know, stove that hasn't been changed since 1994, you know. Um, and so really sitting down and thinking of the questions that affect this person, not just, oh, well, they really like, um, let's say they, they really like Thai food. That's great. Can they cook it? <laughs> you know, mm, yeah. that's great. Do they have an Asian market somewhere nearby when they live? You know, it's great that they love Thai food. Does their stove work with a wok? You ain't going to get no wok, hey, if you don't have the right tools, right? Yeah. <laughs> also, shout out to Uncle Roger for that. Thank you for teaching me <laughs> about wok, hey. <laughs> um, but basically, you know, understanding who this person is, the things that affect them on the daily basis, really digging in because it's so easy to give a general person. Oh, I'm talking to, um, let's say, uh, I'm talking to mommies. That's, un that's great. But are you talking to a mommy who has kids with, uh, some, uh, diabetes? Are you talking to uh, one who has a gluten free, uh, it needs to be gluten free, has a gluten uh, was it celiac disease? Yes. Um, are you talking to someone who has a ton of, you know, little ones, or are you talking to someone who has older kids? It is really, you have to think more than the general idea of this person. You really fleshing them out, understanding their, oh goodness, I don't want to say trials and tribulations, but like understanding what affects them on a daily basis and where they live and what's around them. Understanding that whole thing as a person, like, cause think about it as yourself, I guess, you know, where I live, I am able to go run down, you know, about a mile and go to a neighbor's house who has fresh organic eggs, literally from their chickens in the yard. In South Florida, where I used to live, totally different. I mean, there's chickens, but uh, I don't think they're for eggs. I think they're for something else. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like we lived in a little condo in South Florida. So if you were trying to relate to me, I couldn't have a grill or smoker. So if you are like Susie from Hey Grill Hey, whose focus is solely on, you know, barbecuing and cooking and things like that. I would not have been her target audience at that moment. So once you hone in on this person, and I love how detailed you get just thinking through like, do you have access to an Asian market? All of those details are going to help you. So once you are honed in, do you create everything with this person in mind or most things or how much at the forefront is this person as you're creating content? This person, I think of every post as if this person is a friend who's coming over and I am making this food for them or I am cooking it with them. So when I create a post, it is, they are very much at the forefront of it. They are who I am talking to. 
in my posts. My posts are very long. Um, if you've ever read a post from Sweet Tea and Time, you can see that a post is usually around, um, let's say, 1,500 to 2,000 words. It is a lot. But that's my target audience. They are people who really love culture, different cultures. They want to learn the histories of cooking. And then they also want to learn how to cook like a chef, how to cook like someone who went to culinary school or someone who went, um, who's been working in kitchens and understands the different aspects of things. And so like being able to teach them different culinary tips and tricks while making it as simple and easy as possible and also teaching them about the backstories of food, super important to me because that, that is my target right there. That person who really wants to understand the backstory of how chimichurri became a, a delicious sauce <laughs> from someone who apparently wasn't even from Argentina. Um, yeah, so it's an Argentinian sauce, but it's based off of a sauce, uh, or the legend is it's based off of a person who I believe was from Ireland and came to Argentina. Yeah, so um, teaching that, I love teaching. I always love teaching. Uh, found out pretty early, I cannot teach kids. <laughs> Um, so teaching adults is such a big thing for me. So I do it in sweet tea and time. I do it in the mastermind. Um, and when I go ahead and think of my ideal reader, when I'm writing my post, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm literally sitting across from them in my head saying these things and making sure that they are comfortable with another part of knowing who they are is their culinary skill level. So what if somebody listening is like, you know, I have a really well-established niche. I know exactly what it is, but they've never sat down and done, gone through this process of finding out who that one person is. Do you still recommend that they do that? Oh, absolutely. Because the thing is, is that this person is not based on a niche. I feel when I think of niches, I think of boxes. I think of getting pigeonholed, right? Um, and when I think of talking to um, what I think of talking to this person, it's not about, oh, I'm trying to focus in on this niche. It's more so of what is it that they need? What is it that they are asking for? What is it that they want? Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Because right now the hot thing in your niche may not be something that the person you're speaking to is interested in. Yeah, so a niche is very different from your perfect audience person, your one avatar. Exactly. Wow, this is so great. I just am sitting here thinking about my people because I go through this process as well. I think it's so important. So I have people, I have one person for each side of my business. And as you're talking, I'm thinking of sitting down, like visualizing this, sitting down with my person every time I create content. Is this good for them? Do they want this? And I need to be able to say yes all the time. Exactly. That also runs past our blogs and goes into our products, our, our marketing to 
you know, to them, um, courses that we may create for them or for um, bloggers who we want to work with, we need to understand that we can't just kind of cast a wide net. It's not about casting a wide net. We don't want to catch everything (laughs) Um, because then we'll end up in a sea of confusion. I always say when you're trying to talk to everyone, you're talking to no one because you're not capturing anyone's attention and you're not keeping them there. You've provided so many visuals. I'm such a visual person and such an analogy type person too. So I'm, I'm just running all this through my head right now. I don't think I've ever been so, um, so much in a visualized state while doing a podcast interview. I'm just sitting here looking out my window. So (laughs) I just love the words you use, Eden, and you're so descriptive and you speak this topic so well. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is what I teach. You know, I'm really passionate about kind of changing the thought process of thinking about a niche and thinking more so about our ideal readers. Um, Because like I said, when when I teach this to my students, it's almost like, it's like that song, I can see clearly now. (laughs) Like their mindset towards their business, their brand identity, their clarity, it's like it's like an instant switch that just turns on and they get so excited. They're so hyped up now. And w- as we go through the process, because it's a four month course, so I'm with them literally for four months. I believe the average student gets about 60 hours of FaceTime with me. And so seeing the difference in like their writing, their recipes, even in their photography, like they get so excited. I get super excited because like, they really see the difference and their audience gives such great feedback. And it's that this one part of my mastermind is such gold. It is serious gold. (laughs) It sounds like it. It sounds amazing. If anyone is interested in joining your mastermind, do you have open spots and how do they go about doing that? Yes. So the food blogging mastermind is um, going live. It is going live to the public March 15th for vetting calls. It is an exclusive, um, very me, you, mastermind group focus, very uh, close, intimate, just hard hitting, cutting out the clutter experience. I like to call it an experience because when you're finished, everyone's crying. We're all crying (laughs) because um, we honestly don't want it to end. It's really great. It's so it's so hard hitting. It's just it's so impactful. Um, And basically, so you can go to. um, Oh, goodness. Will you be providing a link or should I? go ahead? Yes, we can provide a link. Okay. In your show notes page. Okay, awesome. So basically, you go to my link on my website, sweetandtime.com. You'll see the food blogging mastermind in my uh, menu. You can click that and it'll take you straight to my page where you can sign up to be on the wait list. Um, basically, within my wait list, you'll be able to sign up and do a get to know you survey and then schedule a vetting call. So vetting calls are extremely limited. And I, I would like to say, you know, oh, it's a anybody can join in type of thing. Like, you know, you sign in is immediately like a course, like like a uh, like a do it yourself course. But it's not um, my team and I go through each individual student. 
we vet them through the call and then you either are accepted or we discuss maybe joining at a different time. Um, because I am so involved. I am so like, I am in this with you. Yeah. Like I said, we do about 60 hours with each student of FaceTime. That's a lot. <laughs> That's significant. Oh yeah. Because I'm so, I'm so passionate about helping people grow their blogs and, being able to create this wonderful, amazing, just, just, oh, like, like you guys have no idea this program. When we have these group, it, so far it's only been ladies, but I do accept, you know, uh, male bloggers as well. But when we get these, these groups together and it's just constant knowledge and it's not just me, it's everyone who knows different aspects of things. Um, recently, one of my students, Stephanie, she works with uh, brands. So she's been working on the brand side of things since 2008. And she was able to give so much insight and feedback. And like, it's just, oh, it's so good. Oh, I, love <laughs> I know. That. It, it's just like being able to, I, I learn so much from my students. And then being able to help them, like I was able to help her build her ideal blog. She wasn't even sure of what she wanted to do, but she just knew that she wanted to do something that would give her consistent passive income versus working, you know, with clients all the time. Because that's really what she she does as um, as a main job. And I was like, oh, that doesn't sound stable. She said it's not. And I was like, let's go ahead and get you creating something stable. And so... We've sat down, hunkered down. I think we took about six hours <laughs> um, just talking together and figuring out different courses for her, ebooks for her to create, different types of passive and active uh, income streams for her to create to bring value and bring joy not only to her readers, but to her own life. Oh, that sounds so valuable. I love that. I love hearing you talk through that and the magic and the power that comes from collaborating. And like you said, you learn too. That's one of the things I love about my own mastermind group is that, yeah, people come in and they learn, but I learn from them. And that's what I didn't expect. Yeah, it's so cool, isn't it? Oh, man. It's like, I, I always like was so, I'm nervous every cycle you know, imposter syndrome, which I actually consider imposter syndrome to be quite a blessing because I never want to go on a power trip. <laughs> um, so like, it's like, oh my God, do I know enough to teach them? Will they regret this uh, mastermind? But my main goal of the mastermind, the biggest goal is to make sure it is a course that no one regrets. It is a course where people say, I learned so much. This was so valuable. This was so helpful. And off and offer feedback on how I can create more and do more and give more. Yeah. You know? Oh, gosh, I love that so much. Well, you're amazing for putting this positivity, this energy, this knowledge out into the world, Eden. I'm just sitting here listening to you, thinking you are such a gem and such a light in this space, and I'm so grateful to know you. And You're so sweet. And I feel so um, just blessed that I got to meet you in person. I feel like it was a little bit serendipitous because you came to the table and you said your name and I was like, wait a second. 
I know that I know I knew knew I, that, that I knew had heard your name from somewhere and I could not pinpoint it. And then when you said you were going to be on a blog talk, I was like, oh, that's right. So I'm so glad that I got to meet you before we chatted here. Do you have a final takeaway if somebody is struggling with this, finding their audience, um, creating their avatar? What is like one takeaway that you would leave them with? Oh, goodness. One takeaway. Come to me. <laughs> Let me help you. I love helping people like literally so much. It is a joy to to help people. But honestly, um, besides that, a big takeaway is honestly, a lot of of my students will say, hey, are you sure? Because this person kind of sounds like me. I'm like, that's perfectly okay. It's perfectly okay if you find your ideal reader is a lot like you at the beginning, especially because um you may you may be the person who you want to talk to, but there are millions of people who are just like you. And it's perfectly doable to watch your person grow and shift and change, especially as you change. Um, all of these things, you know, finding out your ideal reader and really honing in on them is doable. You just have to go ahead and sit down and do the work. Great advice. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for taking the time for this, Eden. I just really, um, really enjoyed talking to you. So to end also, I mean, you've already provided tons of inspiration, but do you have an additional additional quote or words of inspiration to share with us? Oh goodness. So I did speak about um, in the, on the panel at the conference about how basically I didn't have any support besides like my husband, um, for starting my food blog. Um, I literally got mocked by my parents and laughed at by his, and, uh, they told me, well, why don't you go back to, uh, that retail store that I probably can't say their name on here. (laughs) But, um, why don't you go back there by, you know, by three years, you could be a manager working there. And I was just like, I, I don't want to. I want I want to be able to create my own money. And um, for people who feel like, because yes, I know a lot of us, we don't get the support we need from people who know us. Um, there's a poem that I've always loved and it, it went viral recently. But this has been in my head for years. And um, I would like to go ahead and say the first verse of this poem is called speech to the young speech to the progress toward say to them say to the down keepers the sun slappers the self soilers the harmony hushers even if you are not ready for the day it cannot always be night wow Oh my goodness. I feel like this whole episode was a poem, like just poetry. And I'm so caught up. I don't even want to say goodbye to you, but that was such a great way to end. Thank you so much. It was so wonderful talking to you. Tell Anthony hello. It was so lovely to meet him as well. You can tell that he just loves and supports you. And he is such a great man like oh he was I mean I just got an essence from him so he was great oh yeah yeah I keep telling him he is just he is literally just like 
he has been the biggest support system I've ever had in my life. He is so amazing. You can and tell it. You can definitely feel that vibe when you meet you when when I met the two of you. I could feel that. So cool. Thank you, Eden. So we'll put together some show notes for you and we'll put the link for your awesome mastermind there. So if anyone wants to go check that out, go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash sweet tea and time. And time is T-H-Y-M-E. So you've already done this, but why don't you just reiterate where everybody can find you on your blog and also on social media. So you guys can check out my blog at sweet tea and time time as in the herb t-h-y-m-e not time on your watch dot com and there you'll also be able to find a link to my mastermind the food blogging mastermind you can also just google the food blogging mastermind and it will pop up (laughs) and you can um, sign in there and basically sign up for my wait list and get you know, get your one-on-one vetting call with me or with one of my team and we'll get you started on the mastermind and, you know, learn a little bit about me and my story. I mean, I said it on here and I say it everywhere, but (laughs) it's a great story. It's a touching, encouraging, just amazing story too. So thank you for sharing that with all of us. No problem. For the longest time, it was hard to share. So I'm happy to inspire, but it's more than inspiration that gets us going, right? Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Eden, for joining me today. And thank you so much for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.